Hello and welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. This is Brandon or Mutilus on Discord. This is Parker, go by one who parks on Discord. This is Jeremy, uh, just still go by just Jeremy on Discord. This is Aaron, I go by Treffenwood on Discord. Alrighty, uh, so some quick announcements. Parker, you're down to 1912 episodes of probation. Um, I'm very excited. A lot of people seem to be getting interested in your 8,000 to 1 bet about Cosmic Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting a lot of messages about that. Yep. I couldn't be I couldn't be more confident, Bob. <laughs> I couldn't be more confident. <laughs> I mean, you could be more confident, literally. You're right. I take it back. I could be more confident, <laughs> Bob. <laughs> I'm just saying, if, so you're saying your confidence is at a supreme level. It, it is at a supreme level, but I don't. I think there is room for improvement. And the room is exactly shaved head bent. That's, that's the room. It's exactly so the length up of an a interesting hair. Point. What if we just do shave, shave face? Like you just have to shave your beard. Oh. Because that should have grown huh. back in like, you know, a month or less. Well, we just know that Parker's hair stopped growing five years ago. So if he shaves now, it's never coming back. Interesting. A shaved beard bet. That Black Order leadership isn't that good. <laughs> Black Order leadership is not that good. So what are we are we turn do we want to turn this bet into a shaved beard bet? Like what is that is that the is that the deal you're pitching? Well, I think this one could become a shaved head bet. I mean it's literally written in stone. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> What does that mean? There's no, so people that don't know at home, uh, the bet is Parker bet the Cosmic Ghost Rider would be affiliated with Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. He was so confident that he was willing to do an 8,000 to 1 bet. No, I did a 2,000 to 1 bet that was That's true. increased. And then because you didn't show up to one episode, uh, then it, was uh, it became an eight. It was escalated to an 8,000 to 1 bet as yeah. a punishment. So that being said, um, if you'd like to replace that bet with, with the 8,000 episodes with... Shave your head if you lose. I'm fine with that. I just pencil it in right now. We'll take his silence as I, he agrees. No, no. Is that, is no. that sounds like a sin. no? I I will not shave my hair off. No. Go ahead and fire I, that off, Bob. No, it's it's it's, it's funny. At, when you uh, posted on the Discord, uh, it just means he's he can't, he's not supremely confident. I my first instinct was to fire back, just like, uh, <laughs> and then, then I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. You saw yourself <laughs> getting sucked in. Yeah, like, like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I was like, wait a minute, this wait a minute. I am not too. confident. I cannot be confident. There's no way I'm Shit. confident so, enough. So in MCP terms, he left the objective on the midline, and you almost went for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also for it. All right, Parker. Well, your homework for this week is to come up with a bet that you're so confident with you would do a shaved head bet, okay. and that, that you'll just give it to us next time. All right, moving on. All right, that's interesting. Uh, news. Oh yeah, we got news. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking god damn it! Just go. <laughs> Kaza Ghost Rider is uh, in the news today. We found out what his card says. Uh, Frank Castle Part 2 is in. Um, he is a six-cost character. He's got nine health on the front side and seven health on the back. Otherwise, his stats are very similar and his abilities are all very similar. He's got four uh, physical, four energy, and four mystic defense. Um, he is a medium mover and size three. 
his two attacks uh, are as follows. He has um, an energy called Hellfire Blasters. Range four with six dice. Only gains of one power. No other effects. Then he has a range two attack. That's Mystic called Power Cosmic Penance Stare. It is 12 dice for six power. And the target character does not gain power for the damage dealt by this one. And if he, in that 12 dice, gets one of every face. That's crit, wild, hit, block, and uh, skull. You change all of the target characters' blocks to skulls. Scarlet Witch is not impressed. Yeah, Scarlet Witch could give no shits. She she has no penance. <laughs> she, mm-hmm. she has none. She's uh, a good girl. This he is a really like simple base stat line. Can I just go into the powers? Let's so just to break up the word salad. Let's okay. talk about this for a second. Sure. Um, so as you pointed out, that his attack is a gainer, not a builder. Mm-hmm. So he's he is somewhat capped on the amount of power he can generate, uh, which I think is a very important aspect to this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then penance stare is obviously cool. Uh, I don't know how efficient it is because it is expensive to use. And as everyone here knows, 12 dice without mods are just okay. Also, the effect is wacky hard to do for not potentially that much. Yeah. Like it's I, not we like were a... talking about this in the shop. I was like, this is just cute. It is yeah. almost no relevance in the game. Right. The fact that it doesn't gain power for damage is kind of nice because you might swing some damage into them and they don't get to swing back. That's cool. But it's... That is super cool. That's the second one like that in the game. The and then the regular penance steer has a similar effect where you actually lose power instead of gaining it. No, there's three. Oh, there's, wasp, there's a lot of powers that don't give multiple. Oh, really? Yeah. I I know wasp, Hulkbuster, This one. What's the other one? Captain Marvel. Am I wrong? Uh, Captain Marvel. No, it's just staggers. It it gives you power. Um, I think the new. I think um, Gamma Burst also says no power gain. Ooh, I, I think you may be right. Correct. Uh, Maw yeah. has it. Domino, there you go. No, yeah, this is this is yeah, a. a it's not a common ability, but mm-hmm. it's not okay. it's not a unique effect. Okay. Um, but yeah, the fact that he might ex- you know get a nice poppy dam- uh, bit of damage out of Hellfire Blasters, and he doesn't get a lot of power swing from that, is definitely going to change the tempo of this guy. Um, All right. So a couple things uh, as we go through these, let's do each ability and then talk about them. Okay. And also, I want I want AMG to be honest with us for once. Uh, clearly, this is the actual reason they turned cards to landscape format because <laughs> they needed Christ. every fucking centimeter of yeah. space on this goddamn card. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit much. Here we go. Interstellar Hell Cycle. Uh, he can spend one to five power uh, to use this power, and then he places himself within uh, X space, where X is the number of power he spent only once per turn. Uh. Good. Isn't this just like the best version of movement tech in the game, right? Where you can get exactly what you want for the power? Or is it uh, spend two power for place three? Is that better? Man, that's a good question. I think this is probably better. Uh, obviously, it's situational every time. Uh, so this is just identical to Magic's placement, except that he has up to range five. Mm-hmm. Or she can only go up to range three, which is super cool. Um, it is very powerful movement effect. The just the aspect that he just can naturally bump is super cool. Mm-hmm. And so if you like combine it with actual bump in, in Midnight Suns, he can bump twice, which is so far on a large base. Yeah, the fact that he's on a large base means that you're not going to need to use 
the range five, like the full five. That's that's that'll be hard well, yeah. to do. One power is like almost a four inch place. Yeah. All right, cool. What's next? His next power. Chains of Sidorak. Choose a character within three of him. Push the character towards Ghost Rider short. Then give the target incinerate. Uh, a character can be affected by this power only once per turn. But it doesn't mean he can't do it more than once. It's just that he can only target one character once. It costs two power. Jeremy, do you have thoughts on this? Um, I mean, I guess it's a bow that incinerates everybody. It's just a matter of how much power this guy can get. Uh, real good, if you're playing in the middle. Real, real good. If you get so much power. So the, the thing I noticed is that it's not enemy. Mm-hmm. I think that's super cool. Uh, how can you push yourself towards yourself? Not yourself. No, push friendly. Choose a character within three. Oh, really? So you move your other people, yeah. So let's say you had Beta Ray Bill up on the front line, and you're like, oh, I want him to move back. You activate Ghost Rider and just pull him towards you. Really? I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you can target yourself with the ability. Yes. You just can't go towards yourself, right? Correct. Yeah, So you and you also can't gain incinerate. But you would be allowed to spend power for no reason once. There's a really good reason he would want to spend power, but sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. He, uh, we haven't got there yet. Okay. Spoiler. He's a ball. But yeah. Interesting. So if he can get two power on the first turn, he messes with a lot of threat ranges. But it is a push, so you do have to have a clear like area of push pushing. Yes, and when he's a large base, if you're trying to push something else that's large, it can get some wonk. You can get a wonky. Yeah. You have to be careful about how you're doing it uh, so they won't collide with him because he's the pushing model but they can't collide with anything else and they have to clear your base right. if you're trying to go through you yeah so yeah it's not easy to get people to actually i don't even know they'd have to be like right up against you to get through you if they're on anything other yeah so you can slingshot they, stuff yeah but it does gain incinerate it's very similar to again magic's journey through limbo ability it's just a push instead of a place yeah, and it works well on anybody with immune to incinerate, like Marvel, uh, other Ghost Rider, who can be played with him. Uh, they fixed the um, web line issue with Indomitable on this. It says affected only once, not pushed only once. And so if you Indomitable it, you, you can't be pushed again. So that's also handy. All right, uh, what's next? Cosmic Justic- Justice on Wheels. Uh, it works uh, precisely the same as all the other spend three uh, when a uh, friendly is dazed or KO'd and immediately shoot this time with his hellfire blasters so it's the biggest uh, got your back style uh, reprisal attack in the game nice I like it what else we got I am the spirit of vengeance bearer of the power cosmic and just a bit unstable um awesome nod to the way this character works in the comic books is he's just an absolute badass until he loses his nuts and then he just kind of can fall apart uh during the power phase this character rolls five dice uh for every crit wild and a hit this character gains a power is that identical to green goblin is, is uh, that same yes exact same, same dices? yeah so if he has five or more power at that point he gains the psychosis token and immediately drops all objective tokens he's holding. Um, notice it does not say, doesn't contest, just drops objectives. At the start of the next power phase, remove all psychosis tokens from him. Um, Do you want me to go right into the next one, which works on the psychosis tokens? Sure. So, um, at the start of the first power phase, he automatically gets a psychosis token. So he cannot pick up... Sorry, he must drop all objective tokens at the beginning of the game. Um 
but it doesn't mean you can't pick them up right then because Psycho Stuck doesn't prevent you from picking up, just drops Dozier. Them. Yeah, so like, yeah. Dossier. You can put Dozier on them immediately drop it. Word. Um, so while it has a token, he counts skulls on all rolls, that's attack, defense, and dodge, as successes. While he has a psychosis token, it cannot hold, contest, or interact with objective tokens. So there where it says that's, that he that's cannot... That's why I wasn't sure why you said contest, but I got you. Right, well, it, it doesn't say it in the first one, but then, then yeah, it clarifies yeah. it at the end. So now... So even though he drops a, the one while he has the psychosis token, then he can't do it. So basically, yeah. ne- you cannot touch things while you are in psychosis. He has flight, immunity to bleed, hex, incinerate, and poison. I didn't realize he uh, gained one automatically on the first turn. So the very first turn, he could not enter. He's basically Nebula on the first turn. Well, I'm just trying to think how often... You'd have to try real hard to spend to zero every turn and then also not take damage to get rid of it. Because he's generating an average of three and a half power a turn if he doesn't attack. And yeah, and his attack is a gainer, so he can't even not randomly not get power from it. Um, admittedly, he has a lot of good ways to spend power, though, so... Also, he if he ever takes damage, that gives him power. It's not like he's perma-stunned or sure. something like your Mabu. So there's a really good chance your opponent won't let you have little amounts of power. Does anybody care to talk about this guy at all? Do we want to just move on? Uh, He's just a crazy-ass shit show, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does that mean? Not he's got a lot going on. He's uh, He has a lot going on. There's a lot, lot going on. Um. He's going to be another six-pointer that is going to wreck a lot of stuff. He's not going to score, but he's going to wreck a lot of things and make people have a miserable-ass game, in my opinion. I, uh, so he's obviously deals a lot of damage, and he has a lot of abilities. Yep. But he seems very killable in comparison to a lot of the other like six-pointers running around. Uh, yes. I just feel like he's going to jump out and... Uh, days and KO a couple things really fast and make people sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether people can come back from it or not, um, that's just going to be a game state. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be very fun to play against. I think he's going to be another one of the big guys that people are going to complain about because he doesn't interact with uh, the rest of the game in that the game is supposed to be played with... Um, objectives and points he just kind of ignores the rest of the game and that's kind of the complaint right now is these big guys doing big guy things so i, mean, I don't know man it, it's hard it's hard to know i don't know if he blows up the world his dice just has one more pip on it that works if you wanted to if you wanted to kill somebody on turn one with a six dice attack that only gives you one power like red skull already does that for one less point his dice are better mm-hmm. And he gets cool abilities when he rolls stuff, and this guy gets nothing for rolling stuff. So, I, I get that this guy has some other cool utility, like the movement tech. Like he does, he he's a lot more of a solo. Whereas Red Skull, if you want to get him on first turn, you're you're going to have to um, you're going to have to enable him somehow. But yes, no, Cosmic Ghost Rider is more of a solo. But he also doesn't come with a second guy for utility. Like if if you were asking me who you're going to spend points on to make sure something dies, I would spend five points on. On Red Skull or uh, uh, Corvus Glaive before I bought this guy. His dice aren't as good. I'm, I guess I'm just saying. I don't. I don't I, go ahead. Well, I was just saying I could actually see like when this guy comes out, he, everyone's going to try him because he looks super fun. Yeah. But I could actually see him immediately falling out of the meta and not really getting played. Like 
he is a super dice dependent six point model that yep. can't contest. Like that is like you were saying, it's a recipe for dis- like disaster. He either is going to run the table or lose the game for you mm-hmm. because you're investing a third of your points in a model that can't contest objectives. I hope so. It's just nine health. Like he is going to have power and I, I hope he doesn't work out. Like I really hope mm-hmm. he's not that great at killing things, but incinerating was, uh... the world and having the power. I, I, I really hope he's not as good at killing things as I imagine he will be. Yeah, so he's he's like a weird combination of cable and God, I don't even know who's the other <laughs> model. It's a bizarre. It's, it's this is really what like cable wants to do, right? So that yeah. what I see happening a lot, he's gonna have three power on the first turn almost all the time. So he's gonna like spend two to place forward and do two six die attacks immediately. Um, and if you roll higher, he can place further into the middle and then disperse people in the middle area before he attacks, getting them incinerated. Like, that's going to be amazing, and you're going to have to be very prepared for that. But then after that, like, he's got a he's got above average stat line, but he's got zero defensive rules. And so, well, like, he he's going to be noticeably easier to kill than regular Ghost Rider, like, when it's all said and done. I don't think so. I think I think that's not true. He has fours across the board, and he counts skulls. He's got... He will count skulls a lot, but he's you're not gonna have to deal with deal with the devil. Like there's not gonna be that backup effect where I have to be like you're not punished for attacking him in the same way you were old Ghost Rider. I mean, also like we already have like we already have a precedent of a model that rolls skulls on defense at Scarlet Witch, and she dies like yeah. a bitch. Scarlet like, Witch doesn't have fours. She has two fours and a three, so it's one less dice. That's not. That's not that does does not make an outlier. So if you if you're looking at it, go like, oh look at his defensive potential. I mean, we already have a model with a similar defensive potential, and we don't consider her to be a. a, a She's know, missing stick. all the other stuff though, like all the utility that sure. he has. But she also she does more ostensibly more damage. She throws a size four, and she has a. Uh, no, yeah, a better, I, I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah. I think she has better attacks. Yeah. Well, I guess my thing is every time people are upset, every time I look at him and, and they're really nervous about his offensive potential, I actually look more at his utility because there are several five pointers that do more damage, like many of them. So, but if Scarlet Witch could place herself, that's a totally different precisely, conversation. yeah, precisely, yeah. He he does it all as a solo. He just mm-hmm. drops right into a list and does it. He doesn't need any help, as everybody else needs help in some way. Yeah, he's he's really just a six point Dormammu. That I would agree with. He just does everything yeah, I would except not die. Like he he is harder to kill than most models. Like many sixes are, but yeah. Uh, and I like the fact yeah. that he's a six point and he pretty much doesn't interact with anything. So mm-hmm. you are taking a dead six point model. So you pay for that. I yeah. I don't know, man. This is one to be seen. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. I, I like. Uh, he's an interesting model. We'll see where it goes. Alrighty. Aaron's got no opinions. I, I would I would like to know Aaron's hot take. I'm curious. Uh, if this model or any future model has a threat of six or higher, they have Bruno written across their card. Hmm. He's you, abstaining. You know the rule about like Bruno, right? Pointers. I don't know what that means. No, we're talking about oh, uh, Disney. Come on, we don't talk about Bruno. I refuse uh, to talk uh, about these characters. Oh, uh, okay. I actually thought you were talking about another Disney thing, but got no. it. Alrighty. So moving on. Currently playing. Um, Aaron, myself, and a couple other locals went to Springfield over the weekend and played in their local tournament. Um, I played my Sam Avenger, Sam Avengers list, where it's all about dealing out vengeance, which is on topic for today. Uh, 
I had a lot of fun. Uh, my Samless was uh, good. Well, I lost Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy's back. Cool. Aaron, uh, how did your Springfield tournament go? Uh, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I brought uh, Thanos with Space Reality and Criminals, uh, mainly because of all the models out there, Thanos seems to be the one that always gives me the most problems. So I figured, what if I just play him a bunch, and then I'll figure out how other people can, can you know, solve him. Uh, turns out he's unsolvable. Just fucking run Thanos to everyone's throat and win the game. So, uh, I had the opposite <laughs> experience. Okay. Um, so I will say that was the most Thanos I've seen at a tournament literally ever. I have never seen a like 40% Thanos field before because you weren't the only person playing Thanos. I thought Patrick was the only other one. Nope. Also, Ryan was playing Thanos. Oh, I played both does. of them. <laughs> yeah, he always does. Yeah. So. Uh, my experience with Thanos is you just kill him because he's a little squishy baby and dies easy. And that was what happened oh my in God. my games. Uh, <laughs> I, I uh, actually tabled both of my Thanos opponents uh, by turn four. And I was playing the Sam spam with Punisher and Ghost Rider. Uh, I played Ghost Rider in one of the games and Hulk in the second game. Um, the second game was actually really scary. I was playing Patrick um he kidnapped my Hulk on the first turn. We were playing Hammers, and he had Red Skull, Corvus, and Thanos. And he had Reality Stone on Corvus with uh, Mind and Space on Thanos. It was actually kind of concerning because the range at which he moved me across the board because he hit me and threw me. And so he moved me three times with Thanos. Um, but yeah, then I used uh, Avengers Assemble, Fallback, and Sacrifice to keep Hulk safe. And so he only took like seven damage from the whole ordeal. Uh, and then he managed to daze Red Skull and leap away, so he was super safe. Um, but yeah, that easily could have gone sideways. Um, then the first game uh, was... I always felt like I was going to be okay in that game. Um, obviously, it's hard to get through Thanos, but as soon as he gets dazed, like Helios, you just take him off the table. So I definitely had all the tools I needed to deal with Thanos. Um, I think in both of those games, uh, I only lost one model to both of them. Yeah, in my first game, Sam actually died in the first game. But that was the only model I lost in those two games. Cool. Yeah, my experience was a little different. Uh, your last game in the finals against Quentin, uh, he has Gwen on the center point. I just walk up and casually remove her. You know, Dazer. Yeah. Uh, he goes next round, all webs up, does like two damage to Thanos, and then I activate Thanos to shake slow and kill Black Cat or something. And the mm-hmm. game continued to play out, but it was basically over at that point. Like yeah. he, he had his he had his his play that uh, dice did not favor him on the I need to roll a bunch of hits right now, um, and then I removed the ability to do damage in Thanos through all webbed up. And again, the game played out. You know, unstatistical rolls could have happened, um, but they didn't for the most part. Um, I don't know. It seems like that has been my experience both with and into Thanos. Uh, recently has been Thanos just uh, kills someone round one and uh, controls the game from there. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, have you guys played anything new lately that you've been liking? I have been trying been... to get... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jeremy. No, I was going to say I, I've been still playing um, Midnight Suns and um, just trying to figure out best ways to use Hulk. And I'm definitely seeing chinks in his armor. Uh, with that list, the seven dice can definitely fail you. You have to get mm-hmm. your throws, and it has to work out. I, I haven't decided if that's what I'm going to stick with long term. It's, I don't know yet. But that's what I've been doing. Cool. 
Is it just the wilds? Like when the wilds go cold, he feels bad, but the rest of the time he's fine. Yep, that's really all it is. You haven't noticed any strategies people have used against him that seemed effective? Oh, nobody's effective against him. Honestly, I haven't seen a single thing that works. He He's absolutely a tank. He's worth every bit of his points for survivability alone. But the problem becomes is he actually is, he is worth seven points. So that four and three point model that are holding objectives and doing things is that seven point model can only hold one. He can only stand on mm-hmm. one. Like you'll still lose the game, even though Hulk is alive. So you have to kill something. You You have to be able to get your wilds and stuff. And if you don't, you'll just lose the game. So like trying to get every every drop of juice out of it is like it's dicey sometimes. But then sometimes it's over the top. You'll kill everything on the table and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> like this went crazy. <clears throat> so yeah. it's it's how I like to play the game. It is dicey and sometimes it's just way over the top, but then you live and die by the dice. And what I found is it's the Malekith version of it, just kill everything and just sort it out later, works out almost every time where the Hulk version of it tends to work out about 75% of the time because the seven dice just doesn't produce like the uh, the counting skulls every time is so much more predictable. Oh, yeah. So I'll probably end up going back to Cabal, honestly, but I'm, I'm kind of stretching out and seeing what wide suns can do, and I'm not always playing Hulk now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah I think uh, AMG regrets that Skulls Counters Crits thing. I think they wish they had gone to the Ghost Rider aspect that they just succeed because the adding more dice gets really problematic when you mm-hmm. add mods on top of it. Like you play yeah. Dark Rain, like he averages like nine hits on seven dice or something silly. It's just so hard to stop. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right, Parker, uh, what's your new stuff? I am. Uh... I'm excited. I, my wife owes me lots of cookies because I'm I'm just being a dad a lot on on our game nights. And I haven't been able to do it, so I'm going to spin them all. While I'm waiting for my bad guardians list to come back from the painter, um, I have <laughs> I have this idea, uh, and I've done this before in X-wing, and every time I've tried this in MCP, it doesn't work. But I'm willing. It's been a long time since I tried to just tilt a list. What what a, uh, you got a term for it, Brandon? When um, your list just goes ham on one like tiny aspect or one tiny rule and just see what happens. I can't remember what it was. Skew. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Yeah. So I'm trying to skew for my defense dice are in fact better than your offense dice. So I made a Steve Rogers list that has only models with martial artists or some version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I, I looked the other day and there's one, two, three, four, five models in Avengers that have martial artists or some version of it. Um, it's Captain. Ooh, um, it's, you, okay, you, you, no, you can go ahead. You, you want to try to guess what they are? Oh yeah. So it's black cat. Cap. No, 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 no. Black cat is. I always say black cat. Black okay. Widow. Sorry. Black widow cap one um, is iron fist an adventure. Yep. Okay. So that's, that's actually one of the better ones. Then. Mm-hmm. Three. Um, specifically blanks i'm trying to blank on the other two i don't know black panther oh yeah and and spider woman yep i forget that she does it too i've only played against her once right so i purposely uh they all have basically the way it works out is they all have a lot of movement tech um a lot of the models do anyway black panther spider woman i put ancient one in there he uh it i don't know what sex it is this movement tech um uh and then i also put uh, Daredevil for shits, 
um, Red Guardian, actually, because I think Red Guardian with Black Panther could be funny, just constantly bopping things off. He can pay for his blanks, and the Hood also pays for his blanks um, and heals things. So, like, all of them would benefit from having... Uh, oh, the the ninth, the tenth character is actually Cable, and the idea is it doesn't the list doesn't have like a great uh, range five character, um, and Cable can give anybody two dice whenever somebody wants to put a spender on them, and you know it's not hard to block four when some of them roll six dice and count blanks. Um, I was doing the math just like odds on dice, and if you make your defense dice better than their offense dice, you can just choke them out it's basically it's another way of playing a choke deck basically right instead of tax instead of taxing them by making their powers more expensive i'm taxing them just by limiting the amount of power they can get off of spenders or builders rather um what happens if i just make it really hard for them to do damage so that's that's my idea i don't know if it's going to work but we're going to see i have a question Mm -hmm. did you consider taking strange one at all yes i stared at strange one for a long time um the only reason why Cable is instead of Strange One, and I think there it, it is really close. I think that's the slot. Um, is Cable is in Avengers, and so if I wanted to do two out of Avengers characters, Cable can go in. I could take out Daredevil to put Strange in, just if in case I wanted to flip that script, you know, take smaller Avengers and then put uh, Strange in. I think Strange also fits the bill really well. He's, I think Strange with Soulstone would be incredibly infuriating because, right. like, the whole reason you're talking about bringing Hood because he heals people, Strange also heals people. Uh huh. And he'd have all the power to continue, continually give mm-hmm. people. Uh, extra and once you get like heal. stuck in with people and they're constantly spending to try and kill you, mm-hmm. then you're just like you're stacking up even more power. Right. I think there is. I think there is something there. I, that's probably a good Daredevil out because daredevil is just mm. for grins he has a permanent martial artist thing and it sounded interesting but i might try that exactly and see if yeah there, i can't if I ever see you six. playing daredevil over black panther right ever in the history of the world right or or spider so, woman they're both better um for right. different reasons yeah you don't need three four four pointers that's never going to happen right I, li- I like your idea he was on the short list but well, I, also it breaks like they're tied at five, but when you throw the soul stone, uh-huh. in, it's really a six pointer. So it breaks mm-hmm. that tie for you. And you, you mentioned the other day that you, you want to, I'd like to see him play with the soul stone and see how it works. We'll try it. We'll try it. Um, also, this is nearly, <laughs> you could, you could turn this into a defender's list too. It's nearly a defender's list too. Um, yeah. Cause you could do such great things as yeah. <laughs> take pentagram far away. Yeah. And that's the that, list. That's it. <laughs> Yo, many people have discussed who is the better leadership, Doctor Strange or Steve Rogers. Yeah, who knows? Who that happens be the on a regular basis. Yeah. I stared at the anyway. Man, so bad. Anyway, yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll move on away from that. But this is my idea. I'm going to try it soon. I'm excited to give it a shot, and I'll I'll do exactly what you just said. We'll try it. Okay. Good luck. Yeah. Hope you lose. Uh, moving on, we have pregame segments. This is uh, segment two for pre-games. Uh, today we're talking about Punishers. And yes, we just mean the two models. Uh, but actually what we mean is models that you utilize to punish people who pick up objectives. Um, so starting this one, we, this is basically just follow-up on what we did last time. Um, so starting off, does anybody have anybody that they like to use to punish people who pick up extracts? Are we, are we talking specifically about people who... Like 
we, last week we talked about characters that are really good at picking and moving backwards. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about countering that strategy or just countering anybody who sits in the midline? No, so it's the opposite. Okay. Uh, this week, uh, we're basically um, shining a light on why it's important to have safe extractors. Got because it. these are the people that will punish you if you don't have safe extractors. Got it. So I want to I want to make a an overarching point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first of all, anyone with a medium move in a range three attack is able to attack someone on the center line opposite them, mm-hmm. yep. uh, regardless of where they picked up that center line. So in that basis, about eighty five percent of Marvel is a punish the center line character because mm-hmm. most characters have medium move in at least a, a range three. However, uh, go ahead. I just want to say I believe it's also true if you have a range four and a medium move, you can attack the opposing Bs and Fs. I'd have to double check that. I, I believe it is correct, but okay. that, I, it's been a while since I've checked it, but I believe that's correct. I want to throw that out too. Okay. Uh, so when I was thinking about this many months ago, uh, the real problem in my mind was not being shot by, um, I'm going to say Mysterio or... Hood, right? Hood walks up and he double taps me. Like, unless he's playing Shadowlands Daredevil, I'm not too worried about that, you know, four dash rapid fire. Uh, what I am worried about is because at some point I'm probably not going to die unless it's this whole team. And if we're playing on a center line secure as well, they're forfeiting their ability to get to that secure uh, in, in exchange for trying to get an attrition lead. Uh, and I'm generally okay with that or was okay with that months ago. What I wasn't okay with was someone who could both attack me and be on that center point with me. That, in my mind, was unacceptable because now I'm giving them a portion of my health pool, which is a resource, uh, but they're not having to give up their second movement to get onto the point. Mm-hmm. And so I'll give one example, of which there are many. Uh, the worst one's Logan, in my mind. Uh, so Logan, if he's off by himself fighting over, let's say it's uh, Hammers and Riots, right? So there's a co-located uh, extract with the secure I go and pick up the hammer. I'm like, yeah, I got the hammer. Uh, Logan says, okay, how about you take a five dice with two rerolls and pierce, and at the end of it, I place on the point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the math is, but there is a greater than zero percent chance that Logan actually dazes me, picks up the hammer, and gets it set on the point. Yeah, it's not even that high. Like it's surprisingly low. What the chance? Uh, the odds that you, yeah, that he doesn't kill you, or that you. I said it backwards, but yeah. <laughs> okay. It's the, it's surprisingly high that he will actually kill you. I don't think he actually... Depends on the character, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't think he kills most characters, but he, he absolutely can. And if he doesn't, he does enough damage that he trivially kills you next turn. So mm-hmm. so that's where I'll go. Uh, the reason you need a safe storyline extract is because in that situation, if you don't have it and Logan's across from you, what do you do? Like, Logan absolutely punishes anyone who wants to line up across from him on the midline. Uh, another character that can do that if she rolls a wild is Squirrel Girl. Rolls the same number of dice. If she rolls a wild, she also plays within one, and she does. It's it's a very very similar attack, very similar tactic. Logan automatically does it, but Squirrel Girl gets two if she rolls a wild on her foe seven dice. It's five. We roll two. Does two char- two characters with very similar ideas? Yeah. Um, to me, one of the more like Logan, it's one of the more standard, egregious ones, which would be Malekith, um, lined up center line against you, and they pass a power or whatever kind of thing, uh, move, then charge you, and basically either daze you or huck you into the back lines, 
then will easily kill you the next turn. <clears throat> while also standing on whatever point is in the middle. So basically fucking up whatever you had going on. Cool. Um, one of my favorites that uh, does this is actually Punisher. Um, a lot of people don't know this because nobody ever plays him, it seems like. But he was my go-to guy back in the day when uh, he first came out. Because he has an auto rapid fire, so he can um, advance medium, shoot somebody on the center point, um, auto triggers the rapid fire. And even if you kill them in the first attack, even though it's only four dice, it's extremely unlikely you'll daze somebody. But even if you do, he still gets the second power and then can use his spec ops train to advance short onto the point. Um, But because he gets the auto rapid fire, if they live through the first attack, he can actually daze somebody even though it's a low chance and pick up their extract once he gets there or interact if it's a pay to flip or something along those lines and so he's great because he gets there with with a power still after he attacks guaranteed that is a really good point he's functionally a three power character on turn one and he can attack mm-hmm. twice that's really cool yeah not something that's written on the card but it it functionally works sure. yeah but at the time i was comboing it with stuff that could also attack without getting to the point so you can soften those characters up with like an iron man attack or like a hawkeye anything that's longer range and then he can come in and clean up and really just finish it off okay my next one is Mm. ant-man yeah ant-man nice little three-pointer uh can move medium change size place three and then he hits you with uh i forget what the title is ant size tiny size uppercut uh, bottom, uh, ant-sized uppercut. Ant-sized uppercut. Bottom line, it's six effing dice, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot for a three-pointer. Uh, so he's standing on the center, uh, hitting you with six dice. Uh, anyway, sounds good. Uh, fun fact, Ant-Man can actually get to their Bs and Fs if they're not on the maximum far back side. And so you can actually walk up, pick up like a cube, think you're safe, and get hit by a six-die attack. And, he, and he's contesting the blue. Isn't he? Well, yeah. so generally there's not a blue on the F. There can be. Oh, right. But the fun part is after he hits you, he gets to trans. He must transform back to normal size. He can actually get back to the center point almost. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. How, much how he mobile moves. he is. Yeah. Uh, speaking of mobile, mine was a th- it's a three part combo. What's my favorite three part combo in X Men? It's uh, X twenty three and Baron Mordo in Yellow X Men's the Gold X Men with Storm. Baron Mordo is a, a medium-sized base, so X-23 will place um, off of Mordo. I like uh, – oh, it's also cost tactics card if you want to go full Megilla. It's uh, no matter the cost. Plus, Mordo's uh, – if Mordo activated first, then he uh, does his extra power automatic. So he uh, – when X-23 does her no matter the cost for her spender – it's eight dice with one reroll and a pierce. Then she moves and does a second attack. Um, mm. If she kills that model and something else nearby, she might have enough power to spend two and do it again. It's a first turn just blender. It requires one tactics cards and three models, but it only it's only nine points and models you might like to play and expend anyway. It's not like you lose anything for it. Mm. Really dangerous. Be careful if Mordo is standing on the bit. Uh, uh, near the middle, because it's actually Mordo that makes it so dangerous, because he's that medium base. Yeah. Jeremy, do you have another one? Sure. Um, I mean, Thanos is the the big player, the scariest of all. Yeah. Um, the big one would be the space, and 
what is it? The mind. Space, space mind. mind. The mm-hmm. kidnapper. Yeah. The move medium. Place you two within four and then walk you short. Basically meaning that he will walk you within range of his entire force of the back line and just remove you from existing. Uh, mm-hmm. So you got to watch out for that. If they have a, a space mind Thanos, you really can't move off your back line without knowing you're going to lose somebody. Um, you're going to have to give them someone or you're going to have to have some sort of plan on what you're, you're going to do about Thanos. Maybe it's your own Thanos. Maybe it's, you know, you, you've played against it many times and you know what you're doing, but yeah, be, be ready to uh, get something kidnapped because that's happening. Not even mm-hmm. having a midline play is going to help you against this one. That's, that's the nastiest of the nasty. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you have to be very far away from the center line to be anywhere safe from Thanos. Um, mine's going to be uh, Juggernaut. Uh, Juggernaut's great as just a fire and forget missile at the center line oftentimes. Uh, so, and depending on where you stand, if you get very aggressive with where you stand, Sarah, he can bump you for an auto damage as well. So mostly the time, most time that doesn't happen though, but he's coming with an eight dice attack that also pushes on a wild. So not only is he probably doing damage, he's probably getting you off the point that he's going to end up scoring anyway, which is pretty nice. Uh, my next one will be Psylocke. Uh, this is a little dice dependent, so she can walk medium. She can shoot you with a side bow. Uh, if she gets a hit on four dice. Uh, she can then uh, pursue towards you and end up on the center line standing with you, uh, which is a character with martial artist uh, that absolutely annihilates the world. So her standing next to you is kind of where she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, she couldn't. She can reroll with uh, the one power that she has to start the game uh, if she wants. If she doesn't get a hit and feels like spending it, so effectively a five dice uh, attack needing a hit, and that's just for the pursuit to get onto the mid lane with you. Um, mm-hmm. But I would take Psylocke to try to punish people. Is that attack a gainer? Yes. Okay, so also, even if she fails, it'll open up her charge for round two, right? Yes. Cool. Alrighty. Parker, you got another one? Yeah, mine's actually in a very similar vein. It, it Almost similar playbook is uh, Spider-Woman. Uh, so she does need to do a damage in order for this to work, but she is a speed long mover, so she'll move long. She can actually do this from... One of the cool things about it is because she's speed long, she can actually threaten multiple center lines. So if you put her in between mm-hmm. two different center lines, she can actually move long with wall crawler, get within range three of two different center lines, do her bioelectric strike, and if she gets even one hit, she can then place herself uh, in onto that. So she's actually cool because you don't have to. She's one of the models you don't have to put right across, so you don't have to telegraph it so much. You can also wait till a little bit later in the turn if you want to see what your opponent does. Um, and then commit. If she does enough damage with it, of course, the next turn she can use her spender to make people drop things, and she can leave uh, before your opponent gets an option, If depending on how much you're able to do, or start interrogating people once they're down. Martial artist with stealth, great centerline model to respond. Yeah. Um, either Hulk is a good one. Yep. You can move twice. You can huck them into your lines. That's one thing you can do. Or you can move leap and then punch them if you want. Uh, mm-hmm. Either of those are good. Just depends on yeah. what model it is. Good call. Um, let's see. Next up, uh, in similar vein to Jeremy, I have uh, Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, one thing a lot of people don't consider is just he'll double move and scalpel you back into his army. It is super fun. Or if you um, just want to scalpel forward to attack them. Because you can generally scalpel forward and they put two attacks into somebody. Which, is, which have pierce and re-roll, so that's super relevant. Um, 
you do have to get him a power in some way, but almost every list that plays Strange 2 plays Wong. And if you don't, you also have access to advanced R&D. So it's pretty easy to get him a second power or a fourth power. Um, but yeah, that's a fun one. Okay. My next uh, person I hate seeing across from me is uh, Red Skull 2, Master of Hydra. So he has the uh, medium move followed by range 3, which he can boost to make uh, 6 dice counting blanks. Uh, then, with that, it has double triggers. One to push my character off of it, and one for him to move on to that point. So, uh, assuming he gets the triggers, which is a wild hit and a wild push, sorry, a wild block, um, it's just all kinds of bad. He's on the point, I'm not, and I might be dead. So, do not move a character to the middle and keep them there if Red Soul 2 is across from you. Seems bad. Poor technique. <laughs> uh, I've got one. It's actually... Uh... Uh, similar to one of the this is really reaching out there but if you want to kill something and you want a model that's going to sit on the center line and be pretty uh, safe in the early game uh, ebony maw um, can move up uh, if you don't want to spend for space stone he can move up attack once and do his throw if he gets this wild he can advance you uh, so he can move you off the center line towards him and then throw something at you um, and he's guaranteed to throw something at you. If you're willing to spend for Space Stone, you could do the same thing and place yourself onto the center line. If you want to do it all for cheap, you can put him for, with somebody who might give him a power or discount his powers, uh, like Steve. But Ebony Maw by himself or Ebony Maw with Space Stone. Nice thing about Ebony Maw, for anybody who's never played against him in the early game, when he's sitting on the center at the very beginning of the game when people don't have a lot of power to spend, his defenses uh, are much, much hardier. And oftentimes, there are lots of models in the game that might move twice and throw, uh, like Angela's a premium model for that, but he can just spin to say, I'm not taking collision damage. So pretty safe model in the mm. early game on a center point. He was going to give me one of mine. Jeremy, you got another one? Um, I think I'll pass for now. Okay. Aaron. Oh, no, it's my turn. Um, let's see. I had one for this. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Nigel and say Cable. Uh, Cable can body slide by one and place himself two and then put two range five energy attacks into something. Um, it, or he could advance once and just do one attack. Um, so he, much like Ebony Maw, has the option. He can put a lot of damage into something and, or he can also get to the middle line if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have one more normal one and that's Rhino. Uh, not so much for the, the power output or damage output rather because he's only going to put a five dice into you. But mm-hmm. all he has to do is get two or one one damage to go to two power to then play this as a robbery to then make you drop your shit and throw you off the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to actually hope my opponent does that round one. Like, okay, great. At least we've got that out of the way. Um, but anyway, yes, you spending both actions to grab a point just for Rhino to take your extract and sit on that point instead uh, is a huge mm-hmm. VP swing. Yeah. Or, God forbid, he gets two through takes your extract and takes the secure and throws you and deals damage. And you're like, this is the worst. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm actually really surprised no one has taken this very low hanging fruit, but um, Mystique with her tactics card. Um, Mm. So that tactics card alone is such a, you have to play a game within a game as soon as you see somebody play Mystique and put that down because 
because again she's a speed long mover she can pull you to uh, have you advance towards her so your long movers are actually at a uh, a weakness because they'll move further into your list a lot of extractors move long and, and she would appreciate that um and then also she usually gets to double tap that person because she uh can sit right in the center of the field move long be within range of any of body on any center line and then immediately pull them towards the rest of your list and double tap them for good measure um if she wants to she can double move onto the point or use her second action to move on to that point you just she just pulled you off of. But that's the reason why Mystique is taken, is that Tactics card is so strong to swing that first or that first turn when you when you're when your opponent had priority and picked up that extract because they feel like they had to. What's the card called? Deception. Uh, what? Deception. Yeah, Deception. <laughs> I kept saying her card because I, I kept thinking misdirection. I was like, that's not the name of a card. I can't think of the name of the card. <laughs> Low hanging fruit, huh? The name of the card was not. It's so low, it's beneath him. (laughs) Yes, but it's beneath. Anyway, uh, last one I'm gonna say is um, there's a lot of models that with um, a little bit of help can do some really cool tricks. One of the kind of famous ones in Web Warriors is you advanced R and D, usually using um, Moon Knight to get the power because he has a lot of ways to generate extra power, and then you give power to like Miles and Gwen. Uh, Gwen can advance long webline you in attack you and then because she's already advanced she gets to trigger a second long advance so she can go get to the point you just vacated um miles can advance then use his two power to place range three throw his kick into somebody and probably hit a throw to get them off the point and so both of them with with advanced r&d are able to get um potentially clear off a point and take it themselves um and there's a lot of people like that just that's two in one faction that are really good okay and my last comment is along the exact same lines uh, I had I had three characters that with one power uh, can do do what you're talking about. Miles is one of them. Um, uh, second one is Black Panther. It really works under Steve. Uh, moves long, pounces uh, for extra damage, and then gets to strike, auto push you off. So it's really two attacks, but it requires being mm-hmm. played under Steve. And then the third is Ulik. Uh, Ulik with two power is kind of benign. Ulik with three power turn one can be an absolute monster. Yeah, because that allows him to uh, superpower, uh, place himself basically on the center line, attack someone, and then do it again. So you're double attacking the middle or anywhere versus zero attacks on the middle is literally the difference between having two power and three power with Ulick at the beginning of the game. So uh, advanced R&D or Wong with Ulick uh, can really turn that guy on. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. Cool. Uh, I was gonna go back go back for another oldie but goodie, uh, Vision. Find a way to give him one power. Another character who needs one power, but double move and throw anybody uh, size three or less. So if they're a big guy, it doesn't work. But he can move twice and throw. Um, he's not going to attack also, but move twice and throw off a point is still a great strategy. Uh, Vision is one of the models in the game that can do that for two power, so premium. Cool. Alrighty. So yeah, the primary purpose of this discussion is not just to inform everybody of all of the people that you have to be afraid of on turn one, but mainly just to get you thinking of this is why we talked about the safe extractors last time. And if you're not going to be taking safe extractors, you need to be prepared to deal with these kinds of attacks on the early turns. And primarily also, these are models you might want to be including in your list, you know, to do that to other people. Yeah, it, so, it's, it's not. it wouldn't be a bad idea if you're learning to play the game to look across your opponents and go... 
do they have any of oh nope there it is like and mm-hmm. and just not plan on walking up and giving your opponent free stuff because man what a huge tempo swing in the beginning of the game parker i, I don't know how you didn't say the, like you went for the air quotes low-hanging fruit i don't know how you literally didn't say like your favorite one. Oh, special delivery yeah yeah well, so he's i trying to keep he's trying to keep that on the down low but everyone at home needs to know be read special delivery know what it does I, I, you are exactly right. I was thinking about like a single activation is kind of two, but yeah, it is. Hit so you three times with She-Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. She-Hulk Will attacks that do you three yeah. times. And, and, and then Angela attacks you once. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. What? Yeah. Yeah. And Angela, Angela's special delivery is an insane amount of, of aggression on turn one. You know, of all the ones we talk about, like the ones where you get punched in the head or shot or whatever, those don't bother me. The ones that bother me a lot are the web warrior ones mm-hmm. pull you back attack you kick you throw you off and move you i'm like what the mm. fuck just happened <laughs> like it's such bullshit yeah <laughs> cool yeah when you get punched right, in the face at least you're still on the middle of the board right yeah but that's that's it's, it's painful it's kind of like the drax like dilemma it's like i can take it it's like well regardless if you can take it or not just getting thrown away is annoying and yeah. you're like i had no chance Anyway, Parker, uh, why don't you hit us with your comic corner? Ooh, okay. So uh, I actually haven't got a chance to do this in a while because I've I've been so deep in the weeds of individual titles now that I got my subscription. But I actually have a big Marvel event again. Um, it was a big crossover event between the uh, X-Men, Avengers, and the Eternals. So with the movie coming out, they decided to revive Eternals as a as its own comic. And so there was some stuff that went on uh, that feeds into this uh, series, as well as the Krakoa X-Men stuff and some of the stuff the Avengers are doing all culminating in the event judgment day. Um, So long story short, uh, the enemies of the X-Men are collaborating with the Eternals uh, current leader, who is uh, Druig, the Machiavellian mind manipulator. And Druig wants to consolidate power in the Eternals, and so he needs the Eternals to have a boogeyman. And uh, the X-Men's uh, enemies, Orcus, wants them to be the X-Men. So they basically kind of collaborate into making the mutants not really mutants. They're really more like deviants, aren't they? I mean, aren't they? They're more like deviants, aren't they? The deviants is just supposed to be the Eternals' job of going and making sure that... Um, radical evolution doesn't just go crazy on planet earth so aren't mutants basically that right yeah basically and so the eternals declare war on krakoa and on the mutant population there um as a response the avengers and the x-men team up to try to stop the eternals but they realize very quickly the eternals um cannot be beaten because they are eternal even if the eternals are destroyed or killed they immediately revive in their engine of eternal making things and they just come right back. And so it's a, a fight they can't win because uh, they, they revive faster than the mutants do. And so Iron Man has this great idea, uh, as Tony Stark often does. He says, I know what we should do. We should build a giant robot to fix it. But this giant robot shouldn't be any robot. It should be a celestial, like a entire god. And so he... Uh, he revives the celestial that is the Avengers headquarters um, and it comes back to life and it decides that yes, all the Eternals should stop fighting, but also the Earth needs to be judged uh, with, as a successful or an unsuccessful experiment. And 
the, the way he, that's going to determine it is by basically going to every single sentient life form on Earth and determining whether or not it is a good thing or a bad thing overall, judging it, basically. Um, one of the first things he does is he judges Captain America, and Captain America fails because he stands for truth, justice, and the American way. And what is that? You know, uh, is that is that anything like what he is? Um, and so he fails. And so uh, they he go they go on and so on and so forth. The Judgment Day is I'm not going to spoil the end of it. That's just like the first issue. Um, I'm not going to spoil the rest of it. If it sounds awesome and you'd like to know what how how they uh, unravel it, how do the Marvel heroes even go up against the Celestial? Um, one of the cool sci-fi bits of it that I really appreciate is they go into um, a plant. They they basically uh, make the position that Earth is not just a big rock floating around the sun it actually is uh, a holistic organism that that has uh, an understanding of itself and so one of my favorite things about the judgment day series is uh, a lot of the captions a lot of the perspective is actually not from the characters the heroes or the villains it's actually from the perspective of earth watching all of this unfold its own fate kind of coming to fruition and you get to kind of see what earth thinks about all this stuff happening which is a fascinating point of view um so really cool like storytelling elements in it there's a sci-fi mix i love sci-fi stuff like that another fun thing is that they go to each individual hero and villain in the marvel universe and you get to see how they are judged so while the judgment day was running on uh, every major title has a judgment day tie-in and so all the judgment day tie-ins are really fun to like find out well how is spider-man judged how is uh um, the Fantastic Four judged. How is Doctor Doom judged? Which is my favorite. I've told Brandon how Doctor Doom gets judged. Uh, it's it's perfect. And so a lot of it is fun because if you're a fan of the Marvel Universe and you want to know how the all of these heroes are judged, and then of course how do they eventually deal with the Celestial? What does the Celestial decide about the Earth? And how do they how do the heroes and uh, villains all respond to it? Uh, it's a big seminal event in, in Marvel Comics that happened in this past uh, calendar year. And it's, it is a fun read. Like a lot of Marvel events, uh, it's a lot more fun to read the individual titles than it is the, the big miniseries. But if you'd like to know how the beginning, middle, and end of that plot, you'd, you'd have to look at the, uh, the miniseries called Judgment Day. But e- each, each title is, I think, more intriguing because you get to find out how the Celestial judges each and every one of them. Um, and it's it it is a good ride. It's a it's a fun series. If you like Marvel heroes, I could see it being less accessible if you didn't already know something about Marvel heroes because they just assume you know things about their past as the as the Celestial is talking to them. Um, so I think it'd be it's it's fun one for fans and less fun for probably uh, novices. But a, a a really interesting concept for a. Uh, a, cri- a, a large crisis event. Mm. Just to have a like little one-off scene with each person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it, it, it's very like myopic in its focus. And then also, like I said, some interesting sci-fi elements they introduced that they've never had in the Marvel universe before that the, the, the planet earth has like a, a world engine that is functionally a giant AI that's unfathomably large and you can't really contemplate it, but it does have a voice and you get to, you get to hear from its voice. Um, throughout the comic series it's it's fascinating jeremy are you excited to go out and read this comic book about the eternals oh i can't i can't wait hopefully they make 
another movie about the Eternals. <laughs> they introduced I, one Eternal I think you would like, uh, Jeremy and Brandon. Uh, is it more of the Eternals? Uh, no, he is a really cool concept. His name is Uranus, and he's uh, he is he is basically he's so dangerous that he's kept in a prison that he cannot escape from except for exactly one hour at a time. Uh, they just decided to put that like time limit on him because of his destructive potential. His power is that he can open portals to this um, realm, basically. And in the realm, he has basically uh, an infinite machine shop, an infinite like AI-controlled machine shop that's just building machines of war all the time. And so all he like his only power is he really just opens up portals to this realm and insane weapons come out and do what he wants. Um, and so he does some really crazy intense stuff. Um, a lot of a lot of people's favorite a lot of comic book fans who have read it, their favorite moment is he goes up against Magneto, like toe to toe against Magneto. And it's for one hour awesome. at a time. Uh, he only gets one hour to come out at all because they don't dare bring him out for more than one hour at a single conflict. But he, uh, he goes up against Magneto. It's a, for an hour, it's hmm. a really cool, that takes place in the X-Men red judgment day tie in. Weird. Maybe yeah, if they gave it me. to James Cameron. I might, yeah, I might maybe, enjoy it. Maybe, maybe it was Christopher Nolan. Maybe. Christopher Nolan's Eternals. I want nothing but black and metal parts just everywhere. Give me uh, dark gray and dark, dark gray. To, to give you an idea about mm-hmm. how interested I am in Eternals, I did not read any of the Eternals tie-ins. Uh, I tried. I got through half a comic. <laughs> I got that. Seriously, I was like, I'm going to read the Eternals because I'm going to give it a shot. I read half a comic and I went, oh my god, I don't care. And I read I read something yeah. else. That sounds about right. There's just something about the Eternals, man. I can give no shits. The bad guy was cool, though. But he's just a, he's just a bad guy, right? He's, he's, he's Thanos with another skin, is what he is. He literally looks like Thanos with another skin. Uh, it's... It's very much that. It's weird how all of these like super level threats in comics all kind of look like the same fucking guy. Yeah, they all look like Thanos. Dark. Who's this guy? He's like, he's like purplish skin, wears a blue leotard, uh, and like gold shoulder pads. Yeah. Go. You're uh, like, wait, what? He's exactly the same width from the, his knuckles to his shoulder. Like, <laughs> like every, he is all of the same like a, width. Yeah. It's like Dark Side, Thanos. Uh, Apocalypse. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Apparently, this guy. Like, this yeah. is the same fucking guy. They, if you if you put them in the shell game and like moved them really fast and said which one's Uranus, you'd be like ah that one. You couldn't tell. It's they are they are very very similar. Yeah. Yeah. It actually almost you know what it almost makes you yearn for a Cassandra Nova. <laughs> no. A tiny little a tiny little old lady balding, tiny little bald lady. It almost no. wants. It almost makes you want one, right? No. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. You guys want to wrap it up? You got anything else you want to chat about today? So I, I'm. I just finished. Well, it was on mute, and the movie is over. I had just started watching it, and then I put it on mute. Are you watching Catwoman on mute again? Finished. No, no, no. So we've got a new game show, and the game oh, show no. is I'm going to read. The show, the little caption here. Oh, the closed caption of a TV show? No, no, no. You just have to guess what I was watching. 
Love is Blind. No. Yeah, it, oh, it, it, this is a movie. Works? This is a movie. Oh, okay. And I know you've seen it. Mm-hmm. And see if you can guess Wait. what it is. Is this just for Brandon or is this for anybody? Are we playing this is for 20 y'all. questions? No, no, no. Just, you, okay. just have, you just have to guess. Okay, okay so go. first off, it's 1997. Let's take you back. Okay. Set that's in, when the movie came out yeah. or that's when the movie is set? No, that's when the movie came out. All right. Okay. So this is a little blurb here. Set in the year 2046, a rescue team investigates a spaceship that has been missing for seven years when it suddenly reappears through a black hole with its entire crew missing and yeah, inhabited so by a strange ago. new presence. You know this, right? You know what this it's, is? Yeah, I had it at the first sentence. It's Event Horizon. Yep. <laughs> this is based on real events documented <laughs> documentary what? filmed in real time. Have you not seen Event Horizon? I have not seen Event Horizon. I don't what? Know. It's a movie that loosely follows 40K's The Warp. Yep. So good. It's got um, Lawrence Fishburne. Name? Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Sam Neill. I, the guy from Jurassic Park. I know of it. I, I do yeah. know. Like if you, if you showed me a poster, I'd be like, oh, okay. But I did not get Dude, it's that. exactly what happens when you go yeah, into a Horizon. black hole and come back. One of the many times they use the fold of paper and stick a pencil through a trope, and you're like, that's not exactly how wormholes work, but sure. That's uh, close enough, I yeah. guess, for all the people at home that watch like, baseball all day. When you follow Sam Neill as a scientist, Sam, yeah. Sam Neill's pretty cool. Until stuff happens. You know, he's, he's less cool. You know, uh, I, this is definitely not MCP, really. We should have done this after, but um, I really liked uh, The Sphere. Sphere is one of my great like sci-fi movies from oh, like really? the late 90s yeah that movie was great do you ever see the sphere i never saw that one it's samuel jackson and i want to say dustin hoffman is the guy's name stop you struck gold <laughs> yeah no, no <laughs> you don't need anything that. else oh, oh it's great it's a super trippy uh sci-fi anyway a quick synopsis um the government finds this um object under the ocean while randomly doing like sonar scans and uh, they go down there, and it's a giant wrecked spaceship from, like, millennia ago. That just, it was buried in a reef. Nobody knew about it. And they find it over in the in the Atlantic Ocean, I think. Um, and so they call in this team of scientists, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, I can't remember the, who the female is. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Uh, and then uh, Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson's a mathematician. And then Dustin Hoffman is just like a theoretical physicist. And then I can't remember any of the other characters in the movie. It's been way too long. Uh, but anyway, they send them down. There's a three-person team into this. like It's basically like the abyss level underground habitat. Uh, and so they're down there and they're, they go into the ship. And they're walking around. And they find in the cargo hold, the giant spaceship, this like metallic sphere that is just hovering. Mm-hmm. And it's a perfect sphere. And they just start, like, trying to research it, and shit happens. And it's pretty cool. It's a very good watch. You guys should definitely watch it. <laughs> I know you won't, because you are just genetically disposed to hate everything I recommend. <laughs> Despite uh, my great track record of everything you actually experienced, you're like, that was really good. Like, I fucking hate you every time. Like, good thing it took four years, right? Like, we could have been so many more titles in. I'm still... I'm still digesting Always Sunny, and I am still loving it. I actually yeah. don't know what I'm going to do when Always Sunny is out. I guess watch more Always Sunny because it's coming out, I guess, in July or June. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'll be able to finish Always Sunny around about the time more Always Sunny comes out. I'm going to pull – didn't you do something similar to that 
on a reread through Dresden. Didn't you do something like that? Yeah, uh, so we'll cover that in a second. Let's go ahead and wrap this so that Deal. people that don't want to listen to the post-ramble can. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this has been Brandon. And Parker. And Jeremy. And Aaron. And you just listened to Don't Forget About the Punisher. So what are we going to call this thing? I got it. Okay. Incredible, new, fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original, uncanny, sensational podcast. I'm just going to put down infamous. All right, we did it. Now, Parker, now you can talk. So I learned something about uh, uh, graduation, at least high school graduations. So this is mm-hmm, the, my mm-hmm. this is this is my second graduation I've attended myself. I've teach for, taught now for this is the year fifteen. We're proud. But of I've you. I've never gone to graduations t- until last year was the first time I went, and the reason why I went is for the very first time ever I was getting like invitations, like people were coming back to my classroom and giving me invitations for graduation parties and stuff like that. And I was like, this, this is pretty cool. And so they, they told me when graduation was and gave me a couple of invitations. I got like four or five parties I went to. And so – and I went to the graduation for, uh, for the local high school for the first time. It's a big affair. You know, there's you know almost uh, 500 kids getting graduated, so it's a big deal. And um, it, it blew me away last year. Just blew me away. Everywhere – like I, uh, one of the things I liked about it is going to the big amphitheater, giant football field. And at the end, rather than, you know, them saying, get off the field or cleaning up, they said, you know, families come on down to the graduates right after they throw up their hats and and you just kind of mingle. And so it becomes this big, like, after party thing on the field. It's fun. And I was I was so surprised how many people were so surprised to see me and recognize me. I, of course, I don't recognize hardly anybody. The girls I recognize more or less because a lot of them don't change very much from eighth grade to 12th grade. Like their, their physical features pretty much have developed by the time they're in, in eighth grade, but the guys look 100% different. Like you cannot tell a, like a, an eighth grade boy to a 12th grade boy. It, it goes boys to men, right? Like you can't tell, mm-hmm. you can't see it at all. So they all have to introduce themselves to me, but I was, I literally couldn't walk two feet without somebody stopping me, you know, Mr. Kidry. Oh my gosh. And, I had a couple people. I had one person even stop me and say, "Wait, you're Mr. Gidry?" And he was. He said, "I came to the school as a freshman, and I cannot tell you how tired I got about hearing about you for four years. Like every time something happened, it was always compared to your class and Mr. Gidry. I mean, if you want to talk about like a ego like booster, and teachers." We never get that kind of treatment, right? Nobody ever comes back and tell, you know thanks us for our work. Um, it's always just you're just digging and putting it down a well, and you never see the bottom. Um, and it was it, it blew me away the kind of the kind of uh, gratification I got from that experience. So I I promised myself I got to go back to graduation every year. I got to do it. So, well, that's now. Do you feel you're paid what you're worth? No, and this is why. <laughs> This is why I went back to the graduation this year. Nothing. 
like no recognition. No, <laughs> nobody, nobody. I, I couldn't tell who anybody was again, of course, but nobody introduced themselves to me. Two or three Apparently. people stopped me. One person who actually, she very, very thoughtful young woman. She, uh, part of a, a senior tradition they have is they go and give a flower to a teacher and educator that really helped them. And she left the building um, from her high school. Almost everybody just gives it to a high school teacher. And so the high school teachers get, you know, gobs of flowers, but she left the building and brought hers to me. And so we had talked a couple times about, about what an impact I made on her, on her uh, education, how much she appreciated me. And so she was over the moon that I came. She was totally blown away. She didn't, she assumed I wouldn't, I, I'm the, always the last year. I was the only middle school teacher there this year. I was the only middle school teacher there. The middle school people just don't show up to these things. And so, um, and so yeah, two or three people recognized me and, uh, the, the one student who was so appreciative, she obviously was super excited, but Otherwise, I just walked around for like 10 minutes and I didn't recognize anyone. Nobody really recognized me. Very people stopped me. There's a few people stopped me and, you know, I shook their hand, told them congratulations, but totally different vibe, totally different feel. <laughs> so apparently you had a really good 2018, but in 2019, you just really phoned it. In. Yeah, that, I, that's the thing I was thinking about. <laughs> I was I, I, afterwards, I'm like, huh. Did I, I change my lesson plan? And right, forget? <laughs> right, exactly. Did I do something radically different? And I, I don't think I did. I think it's just this weird thing that happens. And I've tried to codify it before, but this is like a good litmus test for, for like how it actually appears in a way that you can actually tell. Because it always feels very amorphous while I'm teaching them. It's hard to see the forest for the trees. But there's, there's a a person to person, like I have chemistry with each individual student, but there's also like chemistry with each other, like all of their chemistry together in the room and me. And those two things kind of mix all the time and you can't tell where one ends and the other begins. And so uh, I have legends that I tell my students of these certain classes that I give names to because they just kind of acquire a character. All of them together just become this entity thing that's interesting and different than all my other classes. They feel different. And it's really hard to predict when it's going to happen or why it happens. It's just one of these, you know, just, uh, well, what's the, uh, you know, random number generator, right? It's just RNG. You just get put into a room. Oftentimes education is described as success by chance because there's so many variables that go into it that can play huge roles on your odds of success. And I, I think it's really I think it's really interesting that this I, I saw that happen on the on the football field tonight like the way that I ch impacted their education was so different from just one year to the next and as far as I can tell kind of like you know like you said Brandon I think it was just them it was it was really just that their chemistry their type of student was not the same as the year before it and it's very very interesting very interesting phenomenon. So now I wonder if I'm ever going to do it uh, every year. I don't know. Maybe I'll try to make a choice, be a little bit more. Oh, COVID uh, was a bitch. Yeah, but these were, this one by COVID. This one by the yeah, by COVID that kids. That was right before COVID. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, this was, yeah. The, yeah, this was the year before well, COVID. Yeah, that's so uh, you blew it. You fucked up. Yeah. Oh, I remember now. That was the year you said you got addicted to meth. Uh, <laughs> don't you remember? That's trick gum. Now you're addicted to heroin. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. I. It's a. I really. It's weird. I, I. On the way home, I was like, I cannot pin down what it is, other than I think you know, just this weird, hard to describe collection of things. 
we've also t- we've talked about something similar like when you win just like winning a tournament right like winning a tournament mm-hmm. is like yeah you can prepare for it lined you, up. right you prepare for it and you can be ready for it but then you got to get everything to happen in the right order and so many things happened that you had nothing to do with you know success by chance right um i think everyone connects with that a little bit like yeah just because you have like a good teacher or mentor or person in a situation doesn't mean it's particularly great like there's TV shows where like the cast like has outliers, mm-hmm. but it's only when like you hit those like lightning in a bottle groups where everyone likes everybody that mm-hmm. you, it's really memorable. Yeah, and like you like friends and like community and stuff like that where it's like I love everyone on this show and they all feed off of each other because they have great chemistry. Mm-hmm. And so like something like that's obviously gonna more ingrain that to them than just going you know you know like well grade eight you know third period english like that's what i was like it's not gonna be just that it's gotta be like a whole thing to get you to really make an impression right oh i did something brandon you're gonna be so mad i'm generally very mad so no that's, no that's this is gonna make just... you mad uh okay yeah oh wait no i oh, think no, you no. already know i'm really worried what this is <laughs> no yeah i think you already know uh i had an entire day so i've been off all week i'm gonna hit you in the vacation. face yeah i know <laughs> And man, I have, I've had so much time this week. I could have watched Battlestar Galactica start to through, finish, start to finish every single day. And each day could have gotten better every day. But I decided, I heard uh, Muse, uh, Josh particularly talking about a random show he was saying I'm was good, kill you. Uh, Outer Range. Mm-hmm. And it's got Josh Brolin in it. And I was like, you yeah. know what? I randomly caught a glimpse of it just randomly on Amazon prime. And I was laying here and it was 9am and I was like, you know what? I could do one of two things. I could. I you, could. So hold on. Are you telling me you legitimately had the decision in your head? Like, yeah. well, I could watch this show. Yes. That's been recommended directly to me. Yes. For six solid months by somebody. Correct. That I deeply respect and admire. Wait. And then- <laughs> Or I could watch a show I heard about indirectly from another person Correct. once. Yes. And then you said, I'm that rat bastard kind of human that would just do that. So I'm going to do that. Ha- yes. So, eight hours later, after watching every single episode back to back, I watched the entirety of Outer Range, start to finish, uh, and I will recommend it with a solid... A minus to a B plus. So if you would like to watch a show, uh, it's pretty good. Now, from what I hear, it's no Battlestar Galactica uh, because that comes highly recommended. And the next time I have an entire week off, I might check it out, but I probably won't. <laughs> Dear listeners. I really hope nobody breaks all your models by accident tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I don't need anyone's help to break all my models. People generally <laughs> yeah. do it. I love that guy doing your home maintenance was breaking all your models exactly. for you, currently. My yeah. models uh, just randomly throw themselves to the ground. We talked about that on the cast, right? Like, what had happened? Uh, no, I think you don't... Did we? Was it just in person? I think it might have just been in person. I, I don't right. know. Well, I'll give a quick rundown. Just tell me if I got this all right. Uh-huh, go ahead. Uh, because you have a terrible ha- townhouse that you live in, uh-huh. uh, there was there Correct. was an issue with it. They had to dig up your concrete floor and do some kind of, air quotes, maintenance. Uh, so as Jeremy is one to do, he keeps all of his MCP models above his fireplace mantle. And so he's got like the Sentinels in the back because he, does, he never plays those. And then 
just his fully painted collection of MCP models up on the mantle. Mm-hmm. So he comes home one day after giving the landlord permission to do maintenance on the building. Uh, and there's a guy just running a jackhammer in his living room. And yep. he's just like, okay, that's cool, I guess. And he like walks in, turns right to look at his stuff. And it's just a bunch of his models are laying on the concrete ground that have shattered after being <laughs> vibrated off of the, the fireplace mantle. That's correct. At which point you look to the guy with the jackhammer and go, what the fuck, man? He's like, I didn't do that. (laughs) It's like, I'm sure the fireplace vibrated itself in unison with the jackhammer. It had nothing to do with what you were doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you fought to the death in the middle of the living room. Uh, That part didn't happen, but Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the gist of it. Yeah. But they're all got put back together and life goes on. Yeah. Cool. So, Aaron, did you partake in the server slam, or did you? I did, I did not. I, I want no. to be a Diablo virgin on June 2nd. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I remember you saying that, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't yep. sure. I have, I have only read snippets just to get a feel for how the game's going to be. I have not read anything in detail about, like, uh, meta, you know, which which person's the best, blah, 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 blah. like Or, or anything about the uh, the campaign. We're just going to experience it all. That is coming up very quickly. I know. I've been in a malaise for the past week and a half. I only have about a week and a half left to go. Uh, Aaron, did you ever find a DVD player? I have not found a DVD player. Damn it. Why? So how are you going to watch the DVDs, though? <laughs> uh, the DVD- that seems problematic. I will grant the, you that. The DVDs of what? What do you want? What DVDs? I gave watch? him Balsar Galactus season one on DVD ah. so that he would watch it. And that was like 6,000 months ago. I don't know. <laughs> so there's two problems. One, I don't have a DVD player with an HDMI port. Uh, and two, I have nothing to paint. No reason to watch TV. Uh, so I have that problem fixed. I'm going to give you stuff tomorrow to paint. Okay. But now I need to figure out your DVD problem thing somehow. <laughs> That's up to you. <laughs> Can you figure it out on your own? <laughs> Could I? Sure. Will I? No promises. Man, you are difficult. <laughs> the Battle Circle Africa, you were. <laughs> if anybody at home has any illusions about who does all of the work here, let <laughs> this just be an example. I so have, you have you have offered Jeremy's a, just like apathetically laying on a couch, going, "I could press the left button on, the, <laughs> on this remote or the right button. One of these would give someone immense joy." And he's like, "Right button, like, <laughs> fuck you, Jeremy." Double click the right button, absolutely. Yeah. You have offered one of five seasons of Battlestar Galactica. So mm-hmm. once I watch the first season, clearly I'm going to have to watch the rest. So why don't I just get fucking Peacock to start with? You can do that if you want. Uh, unless you're telling me that there's a chance BSG is going to be so bad I won't want to watch seasons two through five. I would never say those words to a human, but <laughs> you are an odd duck. So <laughs> so until I get through Discovery, it's kind of a moot point. Mm. Well, if you have zero intention of watching the DVDs, you should bring them back so I can give them to Jeremy. <laughs> Not so he'll watch them, just so I can force them down his throat and he'll suffocate. <laughs> okay. I have, oh. I have Peacock. I can just watch it whenever I want to. That's true. But only when you so have yeah. time. Don't bother bringing I, Only if I have time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With my entire hey, week off. He said he would consider it the next time he had a whole week off. What, next time I have an entire week off? I just have to get Jeremy fired. That's what it's, that's what it's come to. 
First you get me divorced, and now you're trying to get me fired. <laughs> I didn't get son you of divorced. A bitch. I made it very you easy son of a for bitch. you to get divorced. <laughs> God damn it. It's very different. I wanted to go to a tournament, and then you fuck me over like this. I was catfishing you online. That's not the same thing. <laughs> you but said once you your had... mind was open to cheating, <laughs> then, you know. Blonde hair, big tits. Okay, look. Every time. He got me. He got me. He got me again. Son of a bitch. Oh, boy. Magnum condoms. <laughs> oh, uh, so I don't know if anybody else has ever had this problem. Um, you ever like chicken Alfredo, but then, like, you try to make it at home because it's really cheap, but everywhere you go to buy chicken Alfredo, it's really expensive. I mean, but then you buy, like, store-bought Alfredo sauce, and it's terrible. Yeah, that, that I've, I've encountered that. Yeah, it's that's the so stupid. It's like three ingredients, right? But it's mm-hmm. like it's like four dollars for a little jar, and it's yeah. terrible. Also, uh, here's the great irony of that: uh, every jar of uh, spaghetti sauce I've ever bought from a store so much better than any spaghetti I've ever had at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is either. It'll be that because it yeah. is the, it is the direct inverse. In my personal yeah, opinion. it's it's very odd, <laughs> um, and it's weird because both tomatoes and dairy will spoil quite quickly mm-hmm. if left alone. But somehow, like it's weird. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm finally gonna do. It. I'm gonna own Alfredo sauce at home." So I bought all the stuff I needed for Alfredo sauce, which is actually surprisingly not that much. I thought it would be more. Uh, I get home, make the Alfredo sauce. Uh, I'm never buying store bought Alfredo sauce again. That was not that hard, and it was so much fucking better than yeah, heavy cream, anything cheese, I've ever had out of a butter. jar. Yeah, it's butter, cream, cheese. Yep. Butter, cream, cheese. Yep. That's it. Wait, is that the same shit you put on cakes? <laughs> butter and cream cheese? No, that's uh, butter, yeah, cream, and cheese. Just, that's the same thing. I definitely put too much Parmesan in it because the recipe I followed was just wrong, apparently. I think I put twice as much in. But, uh, yeah, it tasted like it does at restaurants, except, like, I could, like, tell that it was, because it was the first time I ever made it, I messed up some stuff. But, like, next time I'll get it much better. But, yeah, it was very good. Yeah, the stuff in bottles, the pre-made shit is terrible because the preservatives and things, it's Mm -hmm. always bad. It's always bad. Yeah, I've never encountered such a disparity between like fresh and frozen, yep. like or fresh and non-fresh. Like it's it's night and day. Like the first time I bought a jar of Alfredo, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have Alfredo at home." And I like tried it. I'm like, "This is literally disgusting." Like I can't even eat it. It's not like it's missing something. It has other shit in it that spoils the flavor. Uh-huh. Like compl- it doesn't taste remotely similar. The best, the only kind that's halfway decent. If you get a dry pack. That's like um like a powder. You can mm-hmm. make that work, but okay, I haven't seen that before. Yeah, the the powders aren't terrible because you can kind of season them up, but the liquids are god awful. I hate any of the liquids. Yeah, the only one I've found that I was able to eat was Classico. It was it was okay, but it was not the same. It, it was like it was like having a steak and a hot dog like difference, but it was at least still meat. And like, n- like trying to eat the other shit, like the prego and the ragu and all that, is like literally eating cardboard. It does not taste like food. Typical Parker just got to copy everything I do. Parker, do you have a comic corner for today? Yeah, that's what I was updating while we were talking. Okay. 
do we have a main topic for today? Uh, we are going to do um, centerline punishing models. Okay. And um, we're going to review our Springfield event. Nice. Um, and then we'll probably, I don't know, talk about Ghost Rider a little bit. I'm worried that if we start that train, it will take the whole fucking episode. But uh, we'll see. Ghost Rider? Yeah. Okay. I think if we avoid the inevitable, he's a high point, uh, dangerous model, and try to get away from that. High point dangerous models are bad for the game topic. Is this comic corner relevant? To what? The title The title sounds relevant. I was just asking. Relevant to Ghost Rider? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. We well, I I, ta- I already did like I mentioned in the in the um in the news thread. I've already done the the one that he debuts in, and he's the only other comic he's spent a lot of time in is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm actually reading all of the Guardians of the Galaxies right now, and I just haven't got to that one yet. It's it's actually next on my docket. No, I was just I was just asking. He does have a brand new title that's a solo title, uh, and I just. Uh, started reading it but it's it's like just a few months old and so not all of it's on my app yet i'm curious do you, i don't know if you know this because you're a comic guy uh when they start storylines and stuff for comics i assume it's all done like on a issue to issue basis do they like approve you for a set amount of time like do like a number of issues like i want to write astonishing x-men and they're like okay you got 20 issues go or is it like i want to do this storyline and they pitch the storyline and they just green light it and he writes until he's done uh the answer is yes um sometimes it's i'm really excited to write this or uh you know sometimes the writer is approached with the title sometimes it's it it works it kind of works a lot like the difference between your James Cameron, you know, and your indie director. When you're James Cameron, you can walk up to a studio and go, "I want to make as a, I want to make a comic book as long as I want, right? Or so I want to make a movie as long as I want. Can you give me infinite money and I'll make sure it sells for millions of dollars?" They go, "Yes," because you've done that every time we've, we've asked you to do that, James Cameron. So mm-hmm. the same thing works for some writers. They, you know, they can walk up and say. I want to reinvent the X-Men, but I'm going to need carte blanche for like two years, full creative control over every X-Men title for two years. And they go, okay, Jonathan Hickman. Okay. Like, because we know you won't mess this up. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because your name's on it, people like Parker will read it. So um, that happens. But on the other hand, um, like the West Coast Avengers, the comic corner I did just last time, um, that was just a 10 issue comic. And the writer, she did not want to stop. She was just told, that's it. We're not supporting it anymore. We're not. We're not. You know, producing it. We're anymore. not liking where this is going. Uh, I don't. I mean, she didn't go into the details. It's, it was the last page of the comic. She's just like, I really would have liked to see it go further, but it's not going to. She didn't say why. It could. Mm-hmm. It could be because you no, know, it wasn't selling. It could be because maybe she was given a very short leash and that it ran out. You know. Um, of course, you know, people are. There's a. There's also a certain degree of just like anything. You know, you're throwing darts at the wall and seeing what sticks right so mm-hmm. i'm sure you know marvel just like any other company is going yeah we'll give this new writer and artist something you know go ahead try make west coast avengers if it blows up great uh if it doesn't you know we'll we'll put it on the shelf what job well done and move on to the next project um does that answer your question 
No, yeah, I was just this is random curiosity I had. Yeah. Um, now it is true that sometimes they are like, we want to make a mini series because a movie's coming out, or we want to make a mini series. Or the writer approaches is like, I have this idea for this beginning, middle, and end of a story. I'll need 15 issues. I'm, that happens as well. Um, that 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 Daredevil looks like he's in sh- the Shadowlands. I know. I'm trying to trying to get just come through the camera. It's not working though. I'll just take a picture later. I did contrast on him. It has color on it now. I'm not overly impressed. <clears throat> Alrighty. Um, I guess we'll get into it if you guys are ready. Aaron, do you know why that's the title? No, Brandon, I don't. Please tell me. I feel like you know. Because we're all bad. Uh, we, were, we were driving to Des Moines, and Aaron's like, guess what I did? I'm like, oh, what'd you do? And he's like, I wrote down a list of everyone who can attack people on the center line and then also move on to the center line in the same activation. And so he reads through all the characters. I'm like, why didn't you include the Punisher in your list of people you called Punishers? <laughs> And he's like, why would I do that? And I'm like, because he literally does the point of the list and his name is the name of the list. And he's like, that's not true. And he looks at him and he's like, okay, so maybe he can do that. And he's like, <laughs> put him on a fucking list. You fucking asshole. Why does your boy always get left out? I don't know. He's so good. Nobody, I was playing him every time I would like go to do something. Like, he could do that? I'm like, yes, he is very good. And he comes you with parents. past it. Perrin put him in his fucking shield list. Yeah, no, he's a nightmare. And played him in his first game in TTS, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, when I played I played with Shadowlands Daredevil, and when every time I felt like I needed to take him out to get more criminals, I was sad. Like, he's he's so much better than the criminals in that list. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he shoots he's... people's faces off with that fucking long-ass gun. Yeah. Things mm-hmm. nasty. He's it's... the reason I think Mystique is a bad model because I'm used to playing with the Punisher, and then you go to Mystique, you're like, "This is so much worse." Like, yeah. and Mystique is actually pretty good. Well, when Mystique gets a bunch of power, she's not any better. When yeah. Punisher gets a bunch of power, he shoots your face off. <laughs> yeah, so Mystique is weird because she needs like two to four power to do stuff, but after that, she doesn't care, right? Like, it's really it's like I need I need three, and outside of three, I just don't give a shit. She just gets worse. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, she has no action economy, so it's really hard for her to take advantage of important situations if, she, like, you know, your opponent didn't just walk into it. And but the Punisher, like, the the range or the short walk is so useful because it's, it's the short walk plus a medium move plus a range five attack. He can cross the table and put a ten die pierce attack into somebody. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hmm. Or alternatively, do cute stuff like blow up terrain and de- deal damage to a bunch of people. Is his limited to a size three or less to blow up? Or yes, size... it's the exact same as Mystique. Because that shit's relevant now. That mm-hmm. like um, looking for terrain that can be smashed. Yeah, like that would be very upsetting if someone blew some shit up that I wanted to smash that was like sitting there, like right in the middle. Mm. My uh, my dream now. One of the reasons I like having Bob in my uh, list with Punisher. So let's say. Uh... They, they put a bunch of people on, like, the researcher, and they're trying to win researcher. And you're just like, okay, cool. Shoot the guy in the middle with Bob. He takes a nine-die attack. Everybody else takes two. And so you do, like, ten damage to their list. And then Punisher walks up and blows up a lamppost and does two damage to everybody again. And you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I just took, like, 30 damage yeah. and two activations. Anyway, uh, 
So let's see other cool sci-fi movies. Uh, Pandorum was also pretty cool. I have not seen that. Oh man, I'm one of my favorite sci-fi movies. Uh, really early '90s. Oh man, is it uh, Demolition Man? Yes. Demolition, Demolition Man. I would is not great. classify I would not that call sci-fi. That. <laughs> That's because you can't. Yeah. In, in the '90s, it was totally sci-fi. Excuse it me, sir. Not, it never was sci-fi. <laughs> if you attempt to categorize it as a sci-fi movie, someone with a time machine will show up and stop you. Yeah. Deal. Oh, I, f- I figured out. Uh, Dark City. I loved Dark City. Oh, that's amazing. I think I, I watched that, that but I was too young when I watched oh, it. Oh, man. It, just, it did not resonate. It's Rufus. The, 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 the cast is amazing. Rufus Sewell, Jennifer Connelly, Kiefer Sutherland, William Hurt. Like, such an awesome cast. The concept yeah. is super cool, too. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Hmm. If uh, I will tell you this. What's funny is you go back and watch it again, and the effects are dated um, because they weren't hmm. great for then, right? They were this kind of a low budget then. But the if you just get past the visuals that aren't that crisp, the, the concepts in the, that are awesome. Yeah. He can cue... Every, I, I'll never forget, like, the he can cue. Man, I was. Uh, another one that makes me super duper happy when I watch it is Wing Commander with Freddie Prince Jr. I, I really enjoyed that movie. That, uh, it still holds up. I've seen that. Uh, I was not super impressed, but I didn't hate it. Uh, it that like... actually, if you like Wing Commander, Battlestar Galactica is just better oh, Wing Commander. God damn it. He keeps not that kidding. Up. I'm not kidding. Uh, I believe you. It's 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 supposed to be the same kind of feel, right? It's very, very no, yeah. Similar. It's if it, it's like stepping between rooms. Mm-hmm. If you like that concept, you're gonna absolutely love Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Everything it's just is that with less Freddy Prince Jr. Yeah. All roads lead to Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, you're like, I really like Burger King. You're like, you know what is really delicious as well? Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah. America, Battlestar mm-hmm. Galactica. I was actually going to suggest something before Parker got there and then distracted me. What was it? Oh, it's coming back to me. What was it? Oh, yeah. Um, the movie The Time Machine. Apparently, this is a very well-kept secret, despite it being like a large release movie. Mm. It's a Guy Pierce uh, mm-hmm. and just an adaptation of the movie, that, or the book The Time Machine. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd plays the big bad guy at the end. Was it good? It is very good. It's a great sci-fi. It, um, it feels uh, what's what's a good analog for that? I I, do, I also liked it, um, but I can't remember. There's a Land of the Lost. You remember Land of the Lost? <laughs> it's, so it's hard to the say original, not, not the not the new spoilers. shitty remakes. Yeah. The, the the old school television show. It it kind of felt like that. Okay, I don't know anything about that, but. Um, it, it's hard to say anything about a movie without spoilers, but basically the guy plays a Victorian age scientist and he invents a time machine. And it, I think it follows the book mm-hmm. fairly, but it, I, I know it takes some liberties. But right. he, he goes, he finds out the thing can only go forward in time. And that's the problem. No, so. that's right, so no spoilers. Oh, God damn. It. How is that a spoiler? Uh, it is. If you've seen the movie. Okay. Um, uh, anyway, there, it doesn't just go forward in time, but. Mm. That's kind of the point of the movie. Yeah. Uh, another amazing, super sleepy movie that doesn't have hardly any like sci-fi elements. Super fun to watch. Gattaca. I, I love Gattaca. 
Is that the one where they're going? The guy he wants to go to is space. pretending to be the other guy, uh-huh. Jude Law. Yeah, he wants Ethan Hawke. That's a good one. Yeah, Ethan Hawke wants to be Ju- uh, pretending to be Jude Law. Yeah, it's all it's all about eugenics and like the future of eugenics. My oh, thing, man. yeah, I love I love how incredibly austere everything is. Like you don't really get to see very much of the world in the movie, but everything is super austere. Like there's no there's no decorations or anything like that anymore. It's mm. all all super. Did you? Did you happen Sterile. to catch the island when that came out? I saw that. That the was island really was a... cool. The whole idea yeah. was awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of into that, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I, if I need a liver, like I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> well, you realize you're not one of the people. You're you're one of the people inside the island, not outside the Dude, island. Dude, I know. <laughs> I don't have that kind of money, but mm-hmm. if I did, I'm in. Here's one: Is this a sci-fi movie or an action movie? Kind of like Aaron's. Total Recall. Is that a sci-fi movie or an action movie? Total Recall is a sci-fi movie. Okay. I loved that when I was a kid. Well. There actually isn't a lot of action scenes in it. It's not a lot Yeah, of the whole point of the movie is supposed to be provocative thinking. I feel like it's so what goes say, on in Elon sci-fi. Musk's head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's real-time Elon Musk's head. Mm. Uh, if people are into TV shows that are sci-fi based, The Expanse has been pretty good. And I know it's based on a book series that was pretty popular as well. Uh, it follows uh, post-colonial Mars and Earth and the asteroid belts. The They basically divide into three factions. Mars declares independence from Earth. Um, they have dome cities on Mars. Uh, and then Earth is obviously rich in resources, but is lacking in um, people because everyone left because there wasn't that much left to support people. And then uh, all of the industrial workers live in the asteroid belts and have lots of health problems because they live in space and not on a planet. And uh, and then there's pol- political issues that evolve from that. I don't know why it's... we're talking about sci-fi movies and we haven't talked about my favorite sci-fi movie from the '90s, Flubber, <laughs> starring Robin I Williams. Want, I want to make sure uh, you understand. Robin Williams is the only reason you're still alive. <laughs> Flubber, <laughs> you Flubber, <laughs> you. If Which you says... can explain to me with a straight face how Flubber is not the best sci-fi movie. <laughs> Of Robert, 1997, uh, that I, which is, <laughs> of 1997, identical to Galactica Funny story, actually, Flubber. It was the origin for Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Flubber <laughs> was the prequel. The prequel to Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> you uh, son of a bitch. Uh, one that my dad loved because he he thinks this guy could do no wrong, and so I've watched it a million times. I thought it was good too because I was too young to understand what good was. Uh, Waterworld. Dude. I like Waterworld a lot. Waterworld is awesome because it's not awesome. W- would it's you like wonderful to know, in its own terrible way. Would you like to know the spiritual sequel that I think is much, much better than I love? I don't care. The Postman. Okay. Oh my okay. god. The Postman is terrible. I loved The Postman. Oh, I thought I loved Fallout it. Fallout the movie? I, it is Fallout the movie. What did you say? It's Fallout Fall- the movie. Fallout oh, okay. Movie, yeah. I'm not going to give you love, but... It was not bad. It was entertaining. I would watch it again. In fact, I have watched it multiple times. I'm with Parker on this one. Yeah, Post- there we go. I'm not, I'm not a little bit lower, but, but I'm with you. I'd, I'd watch Waterworld. I mean, it's not above Waterworld, obviously. The Smokers? Come on. They, they, the Exxon Valdez? They dro- that was very realistic. <laughs> we, haven't, uh, we haven't got the elephant in the room, though. 
because I think this is a cop out at this point, right? I think everyone everyone agrees the Fifth Element was like amazing, and Dude, it's that, become yes, it's become it's be, it's become too much. But I I I feel like it is the MCU of B sci fi movies. Everyone loves it so much, people have to now hate it because people love it so much. Even though ostensibly it's, it's a, a sci fi movie, is it? I would uh, yeah, I would say it's a sci fi. Well, yeah. Why is it's an action movie? Oh, I think it's the whole be a point movie. is the action. Like, what's what's the important sci fi relevance of it? Oh, it's the whole like, inter- the that's like saying nature of it. Every, oh, there's that also that's the setting. Also, like it's set in the future, but like, uh, what about it is sci fi? There's a there's a cosmic being that's mm-hmm. ancient, you know, older than time, and comes from another galaxy to destroy the Earth. And there's an ancient super weapon that has been hidden by aliens. No, I've seen that's all very. I've sci-fi. seen the movie. I understand that. I'm just so it has sci-fi elements, but the like the point of the movie has nothing to do with any of that. Would you say there? It's are all five just to do elements? with John McClane being John McClane in space. Oh, I would not say that. I would say he's. Very I mean, I'm not gonna. Different. I'm not gonna say you can't categorize it as a sci-fi movie, but like that's not the point of the movie. Okay, like it's just the setting. Let's say is. Like, perfect example, Demolition Man is in a sci-fi movie because okay. the point of the movie is action. Mm. And it just is the setting. Like, And even then, that's just slightly in the future. Like, that's not even really that sci-fi. Uh, how about Judge Dredd, for example? Judge Dredd is not sci-fi. It is an action. Sure. Uh, it's a near future. It's just, it's just set in a situation. Like, Chronicles Riddick is not sci-fi. It's an action movie. Mm-hmm. It's just set in a sci-fi environment. And sure, they talk yeah. about sci stuff, sci-fi stuff throughout the movie, but you could hand wave replace that with anything, and it doesn't change the plot. Yeah, pitch story. Yeah, like Pitch Black is a horror movie set on a yes, alien planet. Yes, exactly. Like Aliens is. I would even argue Aliens is a strong argument. It's not even being a sci-fi movie. It's a horror movie. The fact that they're on a spaceship is just the confinement that makes it more scary. Mm-hmm. Now, Aliens is an action movie, and you could argue is a little bit more sci-fi. But anyway, like. It, it there is strong enough elements that you can make the argument. It's just, in my opinion, I I don't even view it as I don't view Fifth Element as a sci-fi movie. Cause... Uh, here I'm gonna roll this dice. Where would you put this? Because I feel this is on the knife's edge. Where would Stargate okay. go? I feel like Stargate's an action movie. Am I wrong? The movie Stargate yeah. is sci-fi. Uh, the TV okay. show, I don't know. I didn't see enough of it. Because the point of it is not to show cool action scenes. In fact, there's actually very little combat in the movie. Like, he fights the one dude in the chamber, they shoot some guns, but, like, it's not constant action scenes. How many action scenes are there in Fifth Element? 16. Yeah, it's a bunch. Aaron, did you actually look it up? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I did not look it up. Oh, why are we forgetting the best the best of the best? Jean-Claude's Time Cop. Time Cop. Time Cop. The cop yeah. of time. So I'm, I was with you with uh, with Kevin Costner. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a hard cap on anything with Steven Seagal or Jean Claude Van Damme. That's that's that, I, I, that's 100 facetiousness. I was not I kidding did. about Kevin Costner, but, but yeah. I'm kidding about. Okay. So I did okay. not realize that that John, what's his name, Steven Seagal, kept making movies. <laughs> oh. He has apparently been releasing a movie a year for the last 20 years, mm-hmm. and they just go directly to like dollar store, and mm-hmm. I did not know that. <laughs> You've missed. You've been missing out. My favorite thing yeah. is his shows. All of his shows. Oh God. His shows are so wonderful. Like I'm Steven what Seagal. Are those shows even I'm, about? I'm a, I, I, I see them <laughs> pop up, and I'm, I'm like, co- I won't even touch them. <laughs> I'm I'm a cop in Lu- in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana now. 
Like, <laughs> wait, is what? That what they are? Yeah. One of his shows is he's a cop in Louisiana. I think it's Baton Rouge. Maybe it's New Orleans. But yeah, he's just a cop in a Metropolitan Center in Louisiana. And you might go, does he have some sort of like tied Louisiana? Is like, nope. He's just in Louisiana. It's like a documentary of what he's doing. Uh, it's like a show. He's one of heavy those heavy like, quotation marks on yeah. documentary. It's yeah. it's a reality show, but heavily produced, heavily. Okay, because like there's the Fat Seagal documentaries. There's like, you know, like there's mm. all kinds of different. I, I'm I'm just like not into it. If it's not cocaine drenched karate fighting, I don't care. Uh, here here's one. This is an action movie, but I really liked it. Uh, in, yeah, it's just an action movie. Soldier. Do you guys remember Soldier? Oh, that's the only like movie Soldier I've ever walked out on. Yeah, that's because oh, you have bad taste. I hate taste. that movie. It's trash. Dude, when he oh, stomps it, when he smashes the snake with a boot, I'm like, I'm out. This is so stupid. <laughs> this is the dumbest fucking movie ever. Oh, speaking of dumb fucking movies, but really fun, the opposite is Mars Attacks. Oh, oh that man. one's amazing. Uh, yeah. We are your friends. Yeah. Do not run. We are your friends. <laughs> yeah, Mars Tax is great. Uh so some fun recent ones I just Googled some movies. Uh Arrival was pretty good. That was I liked great. Arrival. That was great. Well are these are recent ones? I was going to the nineties, but recent ish ones. Okay. Uh they're not particularly recent. Interstellar I liked a lot. That was great. Yeah, Arrival was good. Uh, Interstellar was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wally. I liked Wally. It's like uh, it's like the soda pop version of a good dystopian by the way interstellar going back to interstellar like when you think about that one it Mm. (laughs) someone had said something about why the fuck is matt damon getting rescued all the time like he is (laughs) there was a three-year stretch where it's like we got to go save matt damon always like (laughs) yeah i feel every he was like his agents like matt's willing to do movies but he doesn't want to be in a lot of scenes where he's moving a lot and there's (laughs) going to save him um but, like, for some reason, Back to the Future is categorized as a sci-fi movie, and that's clearly not the case. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I forgot about this one. The Thing. That one was good. The Thing was so good. Dude, that the, monster the still remake, The, the remake or me. the new one? That's disgusting. Oh, sorry, the old one or the new the, one? The old one. The, the old 82. one. That Kirk, monster yeah. is awful. Yeah. That's no, what that's nightmares are one. really made of. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. I never trust with stuff like that. I I watch. I have seen parts of the thing because uh, I was curious to see like what it was about. But when I was that age, even when I was, even to this day, if you're like, let's sit down and watch a movie, I'm like, let's. I don't want to watch a horror sci-fi movie. That one's especially disturbing because even now, like we don't know what's under the ice except Captain America. Like mm-hmm. we've only been told Captain America's under the ice caps. And they, like, back in the 80s decided, okay, if we dig, we'll find a spaceship, and we don't know what else. And we found a Mm. spaceship and some sort of, like, alien fucking thing. Like, that's it still. It's just a demon. (laughs) Yeah, for the last 30 years. That's all we found. It's horrifying. Uh, So according to this list, the best sci-fi movie ever was Metropolis from 1927, black and white. Nope. Um and then it goes on to explain that Tell this me movie two. was almost lost to time as they were unable to find a complete reel of it that was not damaged. And now, thankfully, in recent years, they they believe they now have 99% of the complete film that has been spliced together from different reels. 
I have no idea anything about it, but there's this weird mad scientist looking dude in a robot, so whatever. Is they this... also say Blade Runner was number two, and Blade Runner sucks, so yeah. Yeah, people think Gone with the Wind is a great movie. That is one of the most boring pieces of shit yeah. I have ever seen. Now, Blade Runner clearly like reset what it meant to be like a sci-fi movie, which was right. cool, but and it like introduced the whole like conflict about AI and stuff. But like as a movie now, it does not hold up. I may I have the same argument for Goodfellas. Yeah, if you just watch it after seeing Casino, it is not anything special. Right. That is the thing about like movies over time is. As tastes change, as techniques change, as technology changes, it's so hard to go back and say, this is ostensibly the best movie or best of something. Mm-hmm. You go, yeah, but that's that maybe in 1927 when it was made, it was maybe, but I don't. So some of them do hold up really well. Like, let's say, for example, Blade Runner. Blade Runner came out in 82 and it aged out very quickly, I think. Well, not maybe very quickly. It has aged out at this point. But, like, Alien, 1979, is still, in my opinion, like, very high up the list. I agree. It's not just because the sci-fi holds, like, the special effects hold up. It's because it is still, like, very well executed, even though it was kind of like the original concept. Sure. And 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 if, if, if by that degree that makes it a better movie than something like Gone with the Wind, I will agree Mm -hmm. with you. Personally, I will agree with you. But some people say there is, there is a, uh, there's a line there. But just because something is timeless doesn't make it good. It, there are some good sure. things that are that are not that are not necessarily timeless. I am, in mm-hmm. your opinion, I believe something should be something should have real human gestalt value, regardless yeah. of when it was made. You have to. You don't just get the spot on the shelf because you were good at one point. You have to maintain excellence, and as soon as you lose that value, it's gone. You don't get it back. Um, maybe you can say like at the time it was great. Sure. But like the thing holds up fucking today, like as a horror movie, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But what, what you just said is the antithesis of most people's like critical view of, of art no. yeah. is, is as, uh, as, as it becomes, uh, no longer good. It is actually no longer good as opposed to it has this er, with some, when something was good, it is then therefore good. Sure. Not. When you hang it on your wall, does it still have value today as it did when you hung it on your wall mm. six years right. ago? Right. So it's the same difference with movies. Mm. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, that doesn't mean that it can't still have a strong sentimental attachment for you. Like, But it just doesn't mean that it, it needs to be revered as this great movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so here's another good litmus test. Uh, is Terminator 2 an action movie or a sci-fi movie? I don't even think there's a question. I think it's, it's obvious. It's an action movie. Yeah. It like they, you get like moments to breathe for a couple seconds, but then it's another action sequence. Now there are amazing variety of action sequences, which makes it an amazing action movie. I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some people out there who believe that it is the best action movie ever made, and I I think they have a really strong case. A lot of people have also said it's the best sequel ever made, and I do agree mm-hmm. with that statement. I think it is the best sequel ever made. Um, I'm waiting for another sequel to be as strong as that sequel. Is you mean dog, so... is Dogma technically a sequel to Clerks or not? <laughs> I do like Dogma. You're gonna have to I'll... answer that question before I can agree to with your so statement. There is yeah. the question: Is it that much better than the original? 
Um, no. Or is it just they're both very good, but somehow it still exceeded it despite the first one being great? Right, yeah. The idea is – also, there are some things – I, I wish I could uh, – th- this is a wonderful argument I, I read once, mm. and I was like, this is so good. This is such a clairvoyant way. I'll try to summarize it best I can with my memory. But the idea is if what a sequel is supposed to do is honor themes in the original um, and continue – the important things you cared about in the original so that you do get, you do get a reason why it's not just a brand new IP, right? You could tell a different, you could tell the Terminator two story having nothing to do with Terminator one, right? You could do that. So you have to like make the intellectual property worthwhile and pay off at the same time. It needs to be its own movie without just doing the same things over again. It needs to, it needs to somehow grow and expand in a meaningful way. Um, and according to that critic and the, this description of what makes a good sequel, Terminator 2 is the best version of that that he could think of. Uh, and he was mm-hmm. he was putting it to any sequel ever for anything, like not just sci-fi or action. He was just saying yeah, yeah. it all. No, Terminator 2 is great. Um, I would say Chronicles Riddick was also really good. God, that it was good. I agree yeah. with that. I think Chronicles Riddick, I yeah, love that I think movie. it did. Because mm-hmm. Pitch Black was such a totally different tone than Chronicles and... Mm-hmm. I cared about both movies in a totally different way. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pitch Black is one of my favorite horror movies. It's such a such a weird offbeat movie. It's so so interesting. Yeah. The, way, the way they do horror aren't, in that movie. Is aren't they going to expand Chronicles of Riddick? It's supposed to be more. I thought they were going to make multiple of that. Like I they heard did, they, were... uh, they did a third movie. It's called Riddick. Did you never see it? it was I a while ago. Thought now. I did, but then I thought they were supposed yeah. to be additional as well. Like. Like it, they were world building, and I thought that they were going to have additional. They did like several video games that were set in that universe, but yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think they wanted to, but I don't know if they ever got like the funding for it. Because it was such a cool, like they had such mm-hmm. a really cool landscape for that. That was on the other day, and I, I watched like half of it. It was so cool. I forgot how cool mm-hmm. that was. Anyway, we should probably wrap it up now. Yes, I need to. I need to watch some Battlestar Galactica. Yes. And then also send Aaron your password so he can watch Battlestar Galactica. I think the irony would be that my password is Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Nobody would ever be able to hack you, Jeremy. Fact. Uh, so if you, I've told Aaron this, but if you go to watch it, please, please, please make sure you watch the miniseries first. There's a two-part miniseries that happens first. It was the pilot for the show, uh, and it's two 90-minute episodes that show you the whole world and explain everything that's that you need to know. And then the show starts from there. Sounds but like a lot of commitment. In my opinion, if you just watch the two, it's one, of, it's probably my favorite, favorite sci-fi film is just the miniseries. If you just jam them together into a movie, it's a really good movie. See if I can find the time. Okay. You doing a lot between now and, you know, tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> yes. I, I actually am sad that I, I cut out all the, the dead time because I feel like people would just, like, <laughs> it, they don't realize that you pause for like 10 solid seconds there and just like, yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks everybody for coming. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.